Hello and welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist game podcast. I am your host, Ben. I'm back at it, but I'm with my co-hosts. How you doing, guys? Thanks for holding down the uh, the fort last week. Not a problem. I mean, we just, you know, step up. You know, I was hosting last week, and I'm Matt, by the way, in case you don't know my name. Learn it. Keep it out your mouth, though. Yeah. <laughs> what up? It's Andrew. Yeah, no, this pod operates on the next man up principle, so. uh mm-hmm. I'm I'm like uh, a quarter of the way through listening to last week's episode. It was entertaining so far. Well, you guys did a good job. And it like I like Matt is the real hero for you know he listens to like all our episodes. Um, I only listen to the episodes I'm not on. Same, because <laughs> I've already listened to that one. I listened to it yesterday at work. Yeah, I'm I only listen. So it's like I've well, I think my record is I've only missed two episodes or whatever. Uh, I think Matt holds the holds the you know the consistency challenge. I don't think you've missed a one. Yeah, I've mi- I've missed one recording when I had COVID. Okay, that's right. But yeah, he's got he's got the, the he's got the crown right now. <laughs> um, I may have to you know seed pod dad duties to to Matt at some point. Coming, I'm gonna me. find a like care package on my uh, doorstep, and it's gonna be tainted Cabot mac and cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, folks. We were, we were before. This is not. Yeah, this is not a plug. <laughs> this is not a sponsor. They, before, before we were recording, we hey, were. Hey, man, I could get us. How good I could get us a seat juices. with the Cabot family. <laughs> so we, yeah, we are. We are residents of the. Uh, you know, in, in we're in Cabot country, so you know, stranger things have happened. We would be happy uh, to be sponsored by Cabot Cheese. We, we get Cabot, we get Ben and Jerry's, we get Donald Tuff socks. <laughs> you know, actually, getting Ben and Jerry's would be on brand. They are, yeah, they are, they are. Uh, well, you know, technically, Ben and Jerry's is Unilever now, but well, they've been Unilever for a while. Yeah, but Ben and Jerry themselves are uh, based you know, are are uncategorically based. Yeah, uh, we we say we love uh, Ben and Jerry's. We, we hate going, when our ice cream to... gets political. <laughs> going go, going to Ben and Jerry's is always a good time. It's always fun. Um, uh, but yeah, we uh, we've got some we've got some things to go over today. Some kind of uh, you know, maybe maybe so, like a a content warning is a is a bit uh, is probably necessary. There's some some topics here going over like that mention, you know, some difficult topics such as um, suicidal ideas, um, depression, domestic abuse. Um, so, you know, obviously if, if uh, those things are difficult, we, you know, don't, uh, don't trouble yourself just to, just to give us a listen. Um, but you are, you are forewarned. We are moving, moving on, moving on in. But before we do, or I mean, uh, like, or if you're like us and you just consume content to purposely trigger yourself, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you you gotta want to listen to it, just leave it on play and like mute it. (laughs) You got, you got to feel something, you know, at 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 some point, you know, even if it's bad, even if it's bad, I need to feel something at at this point. (laughs) Sometimes I just hold a match and let it burn down all the way (laughs) just to see if I feel something. Is because uh, he's a, he's a real sicko, folks. But we uh, we've had some, you know, maybe a little bit of a laid back gaming week this week, as we were talking about, and some other, you know, real life things getting in the way. Um, 
I see like I let's see I, I'm I'm about halfway actually I'm a just bit past halfway of Diofield Dio Chronicle still enjoying all the missions the story is maybe actually getting a little bit more interesting the pacing is decent it's a little bit better you know I was I think I was saying to Matt before like it has the complete opposite uh objection triangle strategy that I, that I did to triangle strategy whereas triangle strategy the pacing was far too slow at times uh deal field glosses over so many elements of its story so fast that my head just spins and like <laughs> all these all these weird fucking fantasy names like you know i i can't keep straight all the factions at play like you know doing all the politicking and stuff but like you know in a at a rate at least they're not all george rr characters like an elden <laughs> ring where it's like okay godfroy godfrey godrick um and they're and they're all brothers <laughs> uh yeah it's uh you know it's it's been fun the 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 you know the mechanics for the con for like the real-time strategy combat is fun you know it's like a nice dabbling into rts for me like but it's not as crazy as like you know grand army rts where it's just like you know the, yeah the individual pace of each unit is really not that fast or whatever but like there's so much going on that i just like uh, my brain just shuts down but it's uh it's been it's been fun i enjoy it um but for stream i have started a new a new project new uh a new endeavor that i hope to to see me through for quite a while i'm diving further into the extensive bioware catalog finally biting the bullet and starting the dragon age series i'm only one one day in about three ish hours of stream in and based on my character creation alone, this game is going to be <laughs> exceptionally, uh, ex exceptionally crazy and exceptionally horny as is, uh, totally on par with all Bioware games. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be real. Yeah. They're, they're quote unquote RPGs, but they're, yeah, they're Eating really sense. just, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just, uh, it's it's funny boy, to boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend simulators yeah it's funny to me to you know watch western media you know continually step on you know the the vaunted jrpg trope of you know this is a deep dark story but you know it's actually just a dating sim like on top of everything like that's the part you're really here for absolutely and if it, yeah like uh you're lying if you say otherwise like everyone knows that when they get to Final Fantasy VII uh, remake, the part of the Honey Bee Inn, everyone knows they're taking their time. They're enjoying themselves. <laughs> sure, no, I did. Um, but you know, you know, Bioware games—that's really what the, what they are. It's all about you know, if you want to be serious, you could say yeah, it's all about like you know, deep characterization or whatever. But it's all about uh, which characters can I smooch? <laughs> which characters which can I can smooch them all? Yeah, that's I mean, if you if you, uh, you know, if you can do it, that's what I say. But uh, there's some there's some beefcakes showing up already. Uh, we we love to see it. Not a lot of waifus. Uh, not yet. We uh, we had, uh, you know, one betrayal already going on. So that was that was cool. But I am I'm on board. The, you know, it's. It's so weird to think about how like a two thousand what seven game is like so old 
you know, but particularly in how it plays, you know, it's 2007 was five years ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, what, <laughs> as my gray hair kicks in and. But it's like the, the gameplay it's, it's part of its age. Sure. But I mean, I think a larger part is just, there, it's a style of gameplay that I'm just not used to. So there's still some, there's some bumps in the road for me as it goes right now, but I am, I'm committed to, to, you know, building up that muscle memory, learning the the intricacies, remembering to, to right click, not left click when I want to auto attack. <laughs> uh, that's the big one. That's, that's the big one for me. Um, uh, but it's, it's good. And, uh, again, my, my, my real only experience with Bioware so far, so far is really just the Mass Effect games. And those are exceptionally horny. Um, and, but you know, the sci-fi setting. So I'm hoping for an equal level of horniness in this fantasy setting. Um, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna hold up everything I've heard about it. You don't, you don't have Jennifer Hale in this one. So (laughs) yes, that's, uh, our perfect, our perfect, uh, our perfect transition, um, to our first, uh, troubling news story. So my transition was going to be, it's like, you know, speaking of horny sci-fi fantasy games, (laughs) uh, the, the, you know, the big news of the past week has been the kind of, uh, exploding controversy surrounding the upcoming Bayonetta 3 and the 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 contradictory information we're getting around why the original voice actor uh for Bayonetta Helena Taylor you know who voiced the 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 umber witch in the first and second games why she's been replaced by Jennifer Hale you know who herself is a you know a prolific voice actress Notably, she was she was Femme Shep in Mass Effect. Big fan. Her her most notable role was as the lead singer of the Hex Girls in the Scooby Doo Halloween movie. (laughs) Sorry, I'm erasing. I'm erasing her her cultural contributions. I apologize. I've been because that is what made a bunch of millennials realize they enjoy uh, goth girlfriends. Yes. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's deeply ingrained into our DNA at this point. I mean, there was a, there was a branch point for millennials growing up where it was a goth girlfriend or furry, furry, yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, I've always got to say, uh, why not both? Why not a goth? <laughs> why why not a big titty goth furry girlfriend? Enlightened centrism. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. I found the middle. What the middle? <laughs> path. I walk my own. It's like a true sigma. I walk my own path. Um. Uh, let's so you know there's just all this is like a back so, and forth story of so many twists and turns yeah that's like there's there's a bunch of pettiness involved there's a bunch of you know i think rightful um you know criticisms to potentially all parties you know we obviously are always more skeptical of the you know larger corporate entities the you know the the groups who hold the real power in these situations so we will you know keep that in mind as we go through but the original this started with you know uh platinum's original reasoning claiming that taylor would not be returning you know due to various overlapping circumstances you know the classic scheduling conflict type of thing so you know the game is about um is at the time was you know just about a month away from release at the time of the release of this episode it'll be about like a week and a half or maybe two weeks it's next friday 
Okay, so coming out the day of release. Yes. All right, there you go. I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was two weeks, two or more weeks away at this point. Uh, it's the twenty eighth. Um. So in a in a four four part video on Twitter, um, Helena Taylor finally broke her silence and seemingly uh, breaching the terms of her NDA has uh, disputed the claims made by Platinum PR, insisting that this departure was uh, due to uh, the immoral compensation that she was offered. In the the video series, she says that uh, when Bayonetta 3 was in development, she was required to re-audition for the role. Standard practice in the industry because with the long development cycle of these games, you know, voice and actors. Another one came eight. out in 2009. It's been 13 years from start to finish. Yeah. So, you know, voices change over time as, as actors age. So they've got to, you know, still see if they can, if the continuity will still make sense. Um, she claims, you know, that she passed with flying colors, um, which then resulted in platinum presenting her with what she describes as an insulting offer. She uh, she says that, you know, with the help of a uh, a Japanese friend in the industry, she wrote Platinum co-founder and Bayonetta 3 director Hideki Kamiya um, directly demanding what she what she was worth. That was her, what I'm worth. What she 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 claimed. She says Kamiya replied by expressing his value for her talent Um giving her you know say basically you know it was, it was a bunch of you know flowery speech like you know we we so much you know appreciate your work you know like you've brought this character to life um and she claims then said uh here we can give you four thousand dollars flat rate for the entire job she then called for a boycott completely of the third installment um and then went on to you know discuss her difficult financial state and its con- contributions to her mental health revealing that she has dealt with suicidal ideation due to due to these struggles and like said you know her claim is like you know i'm breaking the nda but like what are they going to do sue me and like take the clothes off my back like good luck uh she's basically like i got nothing else um which is you know if you know true that's really sad to see um regardless of anything else we don't like to see you know people languishing in poverty um but uh you know so i think it's interesting also that again how she had to like you know make sure that the the letter that she put out was, you know, or put to uh Kamiya was in Japanese because uh we'll say that Kamiya is kind of notorious for being a bit uh and you could say maybe rightly so, you know, uh aggressive towards towards the West. <laughs> uh he like has like this and this gets to the next bit. It's like he has this thing and will constantly refer back to people. It's like, if you want to ask me things on Twitter, it must be in Japanese. Um, you know, like I refuse to, you know, interact with any, you know, he like basically just calls Westerners, you know, little worms who are not. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, like there are people like, you know, English speakers on the internet who are the same way whenever someone speaks to them in a different language. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's no different. Um, despite the fact that there are somewhat decent uh, machine translation features, you know, they're not great. They're, they're honestly, they're not fantastic, but like it works. Hey man, I used the the Google Latin translator back in middle school for most of the Latin homework and got decent enough at it. 
but it was funny to see then uh all the people you know tweeting at at Kamiya in japanese just telling him to eat shit um but so he like he he tweeted a response to to taylor writing um sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth that's all i can say about it now uh so the sad and deplorable just you know is a bit, for me to some somehow just read as very I, I can only read that in like the the trump accent yeah sad and deplorable um but yeah he so then yeah all all sorts of you know journalists and and industry people and activists you know just you know flooding his replies just basically because this is just again going off the information that we had at the time this is the claim of you know a four thousand dollar flat rate for the for the whole job um you know he did not highlight some of the worst parts of the internet how like immediately jumping on things with just the info at hand and not waiting things out more uh i mean it's just it's harassing the uh i mean you can jennifer hale that is the bad part that's bad you know she has nothing she's the one who who's been done dirt the most dirty by this you know she has you know like uh you know and and taylor kind of did throw her under the bus yeah Um, no it's like she she threw that it's just something i've noticed with like lots of internet forums tend to immediately take information at face value and circle jerk on it but you know the the i think a lot of the criticism going towards camilla was relatively well deserved though because he just kind of is an asshole um but like he did not handle the criticism well you know proceeded to have a meltdown on twitter you know banning anybody who demanded that they pay voice actors well um (laughs) before before temporarily disabling his account i'm pretty sure he's it's back uh at at the time of recording i'm pretty sure he's back up but like yeah he he did not handle it well which you know get i gotta say give some credence to you know uh taylor's you know criticisms that that she's not being treated well it's like you know it's like this guy is can't react to you know just a normal person uh you know how you think he's gonna react yeah to the people who like you know he has direct power over Um, and at the same time it's not necessarily normal to have hundreds of thousands of people uh harassing you constantly that's not how normal interactions go out about like this is what i'm talking about with like internet culture jumping on people like it's not that's not how normal people behave sure i think that's like th- these people wouldn't be doing this if they were talking like face to face it is a very uh, no absolutely absolutely that is true but like at the same time again uh i don't think uh you know say kamiya needs our protection and he doesn't oh no i'm to, just i'm just putting it out there that like the there's a lot of this type of stuff that is not like healthy internet relations on either end nothing on the internet is healthy let's be, let's be clear about <laughs> that's not that. true i have an entire tab of very healthy habits on the internet. <laughs> oh god uh, yeah. workout plans you uh okay so uh fair enough <laughs> but yeah so yeah it, it, the the we already talked about it but uh yeah jennifer hale is really kind of the one who has gotten the worst end of this um she did put out a response that I'll read here. Um, she says, with regard to Bayonetta 3, as a longtime member of the voice acting community, I support every actor's right to be paid well and have advocated consistently for this for years. Anyone who knows me or has followed my career will know that I have great respect for my peers and that I'm an advocate for all members of the community. 
I'm under an NDA and I'm not at liberty to speak regarding the situation. My reputation speaks for itself. I sincerely ask that everyone keep in mind that this game has been created by an entire team of hardworking, dedicated people, and I hope everyone will keep an open mind about what they've created. Finally, I hope that everyone involved may resolve their differences in an amicable and respectful way. With love and respect to you all, Jennifer Hale. Um, yeah, so she obviously can't get too much into it because, yeah, she's not going to break her NDA. Um, you know, the, risk, the, the risk Jennifer Hale side of things is what, like, what tells me there's more to it than it's um, money. It seems to me that Platinum didn't want to work with Helena Taylor anymore because, like, Jennifer Hale is going to cost you more upfront than Helena Taylor if you go based on a pr- prolific voice actor, uh, like, right? History. Right. I mean, I, and I assume her minimum is, yeah, probably much higher. So like um, that that's the only thing here that like I want to know like which side was having issues working with which side because it, it's not it clearly not a money thing if Jennifer Hale is on your staff. I mean, we say that she's prolific and you know, we know we know that she is, but I, who knows what she's actually getting paid, you know, it may not be that much higher cuz I mean, everything I'm just that- comparing based on IMDb um like characterization like Jennifer Hale has quite an extensive catalog of voices she's done through history. Yes, yes, but and that Helena necessarily... Taylor has done Bayonetta, a character from Helsing Ultimate, and like a splattering of like a couple characters from the early two thousands. Sure, and like usually, yes, more established. I mean, this is how it goes, and you know, not necessarily. I don't. I know less about voice acting, but like I know that you know, say you know, big ticket stars and you know, live action stuff obviously command more again there's the whole idea of minimums um you know they've got to hit that thing well, yeah there's, if... there's sag minimums well i'm not this personal i'll say that they have personal minimums as yes. well um you know the big stars who can command that um but i don't necessarily Tom know how Cruise's that works minimum is that he needs to be running for his life at one point he needs to be riding a motorcycle there, yeah there needs, needs to be, to be significant risk sort of... of him dying yeah for his craft a real a real auteur a real a real uh Real, Can't wait good. to watch the man float off into Creative. space accidentally as his tether breaks free. <laughs> uh, so now we got to move on to like that further reporting by Bloomberg has suggested that uh, some of Taylor's claims could be misleading. You know that uh, I think this is notable because Jason Schreier is not typically a corporate friendly uh, reporter. He had he yeah he was one who who has broken this bit which. Taylor herself has again firmly come out and said this is not true. So take that for what it is. But uh, so the Bloomberg piece is suggesting that she was offered uh, rather than a four K flat rate was offered four thousand per session for five sessions. This does fall in line with those SAG union minimums, um, and which we you know gotta say then. So once this has come out, the reveal has led to. You know, troll all sorts of trolls digging up all of Helena Taylor's old tweets and social media likes to show that uh, she, you know, shows that she has, you know, like some some problematic and even potentially reactionary political beliefs, such things like Black Lives Matter. Some we'll call it trans skepticism, if we're being generous. Yeah, that's a uh, if generous. we're being generous. The, the the tweet that was that was put out was not like because someone was like asked like does bayonetta say trans rights and she was like she was very it was very head soft female power 
Yeah, it was not like uh yeah, it was, you know, borderline turf stuff, but we we won't necessarily level that completely. Um it was, you know, if if you're being generous, say trans skepticism, which is a wild phrase to say. Um but uh and this I'm going to I have to to put this one out as alleged cuz I actually was trying to find it but couldn't come up with it. I feel like there may have even been some Q stuff thrown in there. Um I don't, I don't know about that. Any of that. Okay, so then I retract that. That was that's not the case. Um, there I've, was seen, other... I've seen all of the dug up, uh, quote unquote, turf stuff. I mean, and like, I mean, she's she's British, so like, there she's highly highly uh, you know susceptible to being it's a us. turf already. You know, say turf that is turf island. So like, they 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 love uh, you know denying human rights to to people over there. Um, so. Yeah, so the, the, the Bloomberg article broke it down that it ended up being 4000 for five sessions, and when that was rebuffed with the six-figure and residuals from Helena Taylor, that they offered her a 4000 flat cameo fee. Like, they were going to, like, do a like a small cameo role for 4000 flat. And I think that's where we've seen some, like... uh Manipulating might not be the right term. I'm going to go gently and call it like misconstruing or like not understanding fully. It's like, I think when she's talking about the 4,000, she's talking about the cameo role after they rebuffed her offer when they decided they were going to move on to a different voice actor. Yeah. So it is technically, her claim is technically true. It is. Yes. It's, this is one of those like more info. Yeah. So Platinum eventually, and this is coming from Platinum, not from Camilla, who again did not handle this well. well yeah, uh, that's why you have PR. That's why you have PR people and you have developers, because like not not saying that all developers don't know how to you know have basic human interactions, but like I'm from a STEM field, I've seen plenty of us. We are. <laughs> Uh, so the statement says, we at Platinum Games offer our sincerest appreciation to everyone who has contributed to creating the Bayonetta series over the years, as well as the community that has served as its foundation. We give our full support to Jennifer Hale as the new Bayonetta in line with everything in her statement. We ask people to please refrain from any further com- comments that could disrespect Jennifer or any of the other contributors to the series. So appreciate, you know, sticking up for the people that you that you hired. But like this has this has launched a larger conversation and you know for what voice actors are worth and if even if these minimums are sufficient considering the wealth generated for these companies by these performances yeah that's what and that's what like kind of how i feel is like okay even if the number is 20k that still feels like a gross underpay for what i conceptualize the amount of work is here but I don't know. I, I'm I not even a voice go more acting. towards. I go more towards value. The value that too. Oh, no, hundred percent. Because they're like voice oh, yeah, acting is a, is, a, is a huge role in terms of you know it, does a character read correctly? Does, right. does it therefore sell? Um, you know, people have responded, you know, rightfully saying you know it's not just voice voice actors who make a game iconic or even just make a game. You know, what about the designers, devs, testers, etc. You know, my response is yes. yes. They all just des- they all deserve greater profit sharing. You know, yeah. all creatives and workers in general, they deserve the full worth I of think, their labor value. I think they have a a term for this. Uh, 
returning the means of production to to the workers is that is that it something like that well it's it's it sounds familiar it's it's ringing a bell uh yeah i do think the the funniest part about all of this is like i think this is the most bayonetta has ever been talked about as a game because like not not to be stuff with the stats right you you yeah like not not to be a person like that or anything but like people like oh you know bayonetta is a pretty big game you know platinum games is pretty big studio when it comes to this stuff bayonetta one sold 1.2 million games uh, originally on 360 uh, ps3 and like uh, bayonetta 2 was a wii u exclusive because sega dropped the game like uh, canceled production and nintendo scooped it up for a console that had a 13.4 million attach rate total in its lifespan across the the globe yeah and bayonetta 2 only only crossed a million in sales once it was ported to switch which you know also conveniently came with bayonetta one packaged in so bayonetta is a a series that hasn't necessarily had a heavy attach rate at any point you know it's been more of the niche action fighter it's just like all of a sudden this conversation this week it like some of it has lost the the cookie when it comes to like people thinking that this is like a 10 million unit game like this is not a 10 million unit game it is still however making the franchise still makes millions of dollars you know so it's 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 i still don't think it is wrong to say that these people are worth more and oh i'm not saying that they're not worth more i'm just saying it's funny to see a series that is often you know just a niche game discussed so differently from people who've probably never played it yeah it is its fan base is dedicated and uh they've like there's the universe explanation of the different voice actor because this is supposedly a different bayonetta in general like this is the little girl bayonetta that you save in bayonetta one originally oilers god i'm sorry for i I just bought i just bought it on steam fuck you i I should say i bought it i bought it before all this came out um i mean i I sent it was on sale of like me buying bayonetta uh three like next week yeah with your with your hood with your hood up yeah going (laughs) incognitus i'll just wear a guy fox mask you scab I'm cool, man. Very, very unbased of you. Um, the uh, so, but speaking of uh, you know, based and not, uh, and you know, part of this whole you know discussion about voice actors, uh, we've got uh, uh based Monkey Island, D- Dominic Armado, the voice actor behind the main character Guybrush Threepwood in the Monkey Island series, has talked about his return to the industry after a long hiatus. Saying that he is only interested in paid union jobs, which Bayonetta, the Bayonetta gig, was not. Um, so you know, I think again, just uh, yeah, this the you know the 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 Tim Curry meme, the you know this man is shockingly based. Uh, it's just hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just you know thought it was an interesting little little uh, thing that got kind of got sw- swept under the rug with. Because, you know, the Bayonetta thing is still, you know, ongoing. You know, people are still talking about it. But, and yes, the, uh, you know, say SAG does give some benefits, but, you know, these jobs are still not, you know, fully protected. Yeah, because what's the SAG minimum? It's like 780-something a session. And then if it's five sessions, it's 2700 or something like that. Yeah. 
So it's uh yeah, it's sad to see this is going on. Um kind of interested to see what the what the sales end up being like when uh when it's releases next if week. I had to take a wild guess, it's probably gonna be somewhere around a million. Yeah, I mean I, I honestly don't think it's gonna be impacted too much. Because let's let's be honest, even if you know this was all even if this was all bad, consumers love to consume. Well, that's the that's the one thing that sometimes people forget online is that like the people in the internet forums like discussing things are not the average consumer. Yeah, the people doing discourse at you are not, you know, the yeah. the, tar- the target audience. It's like the there's been discussion around the the Black Adam movie coming out this weekend and how like critics have panned it pretty poorly and you know, people on Reddit who've been, you know, circle jerking about the fact that like another DC movie is going to like perform poorly and like not make its money back. It probably like it's op- it's opening night performance performed better than any uh, individual The Rock movie so far. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no way that's not going to make money. Yeah, and it's so you have to understand that the average person who just sees a commercial on TV and goes, "Oh, that looks like a cool movie," they're going to just go to the movie. They're not going to like go check Reddit's like 17 movie forums to make sure that you know the movie they're going to is based and selected by everyone. Yeah, not everybody subscribes to like Variety and you know all the fucking you know industry periodicals. Yeah, they're just like, ooh, that looks cool. That looks like, you know, a fun a fun evening out. Oh, let's do it, you know. Even though I will say, f- final part of the tangent is my roommate went and saw it last night and said there was like four people in the theater and two of them left. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I think that's a greater discussion on like Vermont as a small state and like movie theaters here have always been less populated, but... I think I since like, the, the pandemic, I think the movie theaters around here have probably not been uh, as used. Maybe the driver. Yeah, so the last experience that I had with the movie theater was going to see, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so going to see our, our boy, Tom, Tommy C. I was going to say, incredibly based and not cringe, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally, definitely not military propaganda. Again, so good that the mili- military propaganda. If it was military propaganda, would brain. I have gone out and bought an F thirty five? Come on, like, honestly, Brandon told me I need one to defend myself. Just be careful if it starts to rain. Yeah, because then it, it might explode. Um, speaking of explosions, uh, we had a explosive revelation to shake the 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 twitch sphere as our next major story that again further content warning this one is uh, a uh, story discussing ongoing domestic abuse uh so you are forewarned but uh you know the main story that has that has you know taken over twitch for the past week was the twitch and general media mogul amaranth real name caitlin saragusa um, you know, details her experience with domestic abuse in a series of emotional streams and all the ensuing fallout that has that has taken place. Uh, she was like on stream for a bit, then went AWOL for like almost two hours or something, returning eventually, you know, in tears on the phone, you know, with, on speakerphone uh, where you can hear uh, her having a distraught interaction with a with a you know with a man that she has revealed is her husband, which you know currently on you know that was that was not known. 
Um, but where, yeah, in the call, he's, you know, screams and berates her, threatens to kill her dogs as well as, yeah, as well as nuke, as well as nuke her entire business. Cause it was revealed later that he had had, uh, full control over all her accounts and financials and had previously burned thousands. Like we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, just out of spite, you know, in an, in an effort to control her. Um, like I saw one text exchange where he's like, you know, texting or texting her. And it's like, if you don't respond, if you don't like do this, I'm like putting out, uh, you know, 10 K to, to this thing, uh, you know, you know, oh, 10 K gone. Uh, want to get, want to try for a hundred up oh, 200, you know, just, you know, clear manipulative shit. Um, really, really gross. So fucked. So fucked. Yeah. She later returned to Twitch, you know, after taking, uh, you know, a, a serious hiatus, um, thanking all her supporters and updating that she was safe. Um, despite someone calling the cops on her, presumably for a welfare check. Um, I want to put this out there, folks. Those that is like can be a you know a good-hearted thought, but you know that shit's bad. Cops are how many times do we have to tell you cops are bad? They aren't here to help you. Um, you know, like we're worried. You're worried about like, it's like oh, this com- man. It's a common uh, harassment technique. Oh yeah, of- I mean swatting. Swatting is like a big yeah. thing. Um, but it's like you know, it's like oh, you're worried that you know this man is going to come and kill her dogs. Well, calling the cops is like probably the, you know, the cops love. They will dogs. kill their dogs. <laughs> so you know, like you're not doing much good here. Um, you know, it just happens to be that you know she is a you know a a wealthy white woman so yeah her her risk is a little bit lower but you know she's still a woman so you know you know her risk is not nothing with the police but yeah don't call the cops um even if you think it is you know doing good that's bad it'll most likely end poorly you know we're lucky to say that you know that did not happen here but like that is by far an outlier um but yeah so after after the returning to to stream she was um she said some things here that are that uh, I'll relate that uh, she says that that was actually the first time he referring to her husband has ever heard himself on a recording, adding that, uh, you know, he had been recorded during other abusive calls, but had never agreed to previous attempts to have him listen to it. But obviously he was like listening to stream. I think when he heard himself on that call, it really sunk in and how much of an asshole he really is. It's like you never even realized, idiot. Um, I mean, no, that's what abusers do. Um Amaranth says that her husband is is away, quote, getting help, and that as of today, she had access to all her accounts and finances again, and she is seeking legal and emotional counsel. Um, in detailing the strained relationship between her herself and her husband, she claims that the abuse had been taking place for years, but would come and go in cycles. Again, that's no, that's how abuse, it's, you know, classic, classic examples. Um, and that previous attempts to explain her situation to the police had been unsuccessful because they wouldn't do anything unless she had been physically harmed. Again, cops are not here to help you. They are not your friend. Um, so th- this is, you know, again, that's the the reality of the things that she's dealing with, you know, from, you know, from her abusive husband are, you know, one thing. But then she also has all the, you know, she you know had all the support. That's great. We We, we support her, stand in solidarity with with Amaranth and all victims of domestic abuse, but she also had plenty of enraged quote unquote fans. These are demand- 
these guys, these are the guys who think strippers love them at the strip club. Like, yes. I don't even understand this. Like, who? It's insane. Yeah, they're demanding refunds for their and subs Candy, and donations. Candy treats me different than everyone else. <laughs> like, they they claim that you know having an undisclosed hu- husband was misleading, and I'm like, yeah, because giving her money totally means you had a chance of being with her. Yeah, and that's like let's just let's just say this this type of this type of guy and this type of thinking. Um, you know, show you know it's like that. This behavior reveals, uh, or you know, this type of behavior I mean, one, you know, one serves of the as... other sick, twisted parts of the internet. Yeah, I mean, it serves as proof that you know these guys should like be legally barred from ever coming within a hundred feet of a of a woman. You know, well, you've seen like the uh, fucking chemically castrated and in the chat, but it was like imagine like buying uh, your Twitch streamer a Tesla and being referred to as like a subscriber like not even getting your username and like the thank you or something like that. It was like a social media post. It's like one of my subs bought me a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I don't know what the, like, you know, it's, it's, you know, just thin, thinly veiled, just, you know, disdain and, you know, hatred for women um, is what it shows. And again, just, you don't, you don't who- understand. It's because one time in middle school, a girl in gym class made fun of my shoes and i swore (laughs) off women at that point but it's just it's it's i don't yeah i don't know what they expect to you know to happen here i don't know what what they were you know again these these people are really delusional and they're like some people who are like you know doing the victim blaming saying like you know she, she shouldn't have given her husband control of the accounts and the financials and all that but it's like you know how when people have like a pet sign a letter they like dip the paw and like they put the paw on something uh, were these people sending like a Cheeto handprint on the, <laughs> or like a lock of hair? Yeah, it's just like I I don't, I don't know. These people like should be definitely put on. A, you know, like I'm not in favor of uh, you know government surveillance and all that stuff, but definitely put these people on a watch list because you know, and again, not not that you know the the cops or the FBI or anything is actually going to do anything about them, do anything to help them. If anything, they're just going to sur- further radicalize them and you know give them the means to actually cause harm, further harm. Um, but it's just like again, the, they should yeah. not be allowed. Anybody, anybody who was who posted something saying like, yeah, she she deserves what she got because she lied and because she you know she led me on and I need my money back. You know, one deserves to be taken for all that money, and uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh. and again. And again, should not be should be legally barred from from coming into contact with any women. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's such a f- dark thing to think that way. It's like they, you they need really to wear a government mandated chastity belt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. But Ben, you're right. They should probably not be on a watch list because then they will they will end up doing crimes if they are. <laughs> Uh, we know how the how how you know the FBI operates. We know what they do. We've seen it too many times. So they're too busy uh, catching that Arizona GOP candidate masturbating in his car outside that preschool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, that, no, sometimes that, you're driving and you just gotta <laughs> gotta get one out, man. <laughs> gotta get the poison out and you're not in control of where you say yeah where the you know the local municipality uh <laughs> you know zones zones for schooling you know it's not my problem how the fuck am i supposed to know it's just a building 
why I speed through school zones. So I <laughs> yeah, just in case. Just in case. Uh, all right. So yeah, that's some regulations that maybe shouldn't uh, shouldn't happen. But we've we've got some some other regular regulatory activity that's going down. Uh, we've talked a you know at so you know at near infinite length about the Microsoft Activision deal, but it is we've said before it is a constantly evolving story. It is something that will be talked about at the very least until the the deal is either completed or is or is actually squashed. But we or are the seeing, heat death of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> what whichever what happens first. Yeah, at this point, who knows? Uh, the we see it. You know, so the main bit of the discussion coming around is is or is all centering around the the Commerce and Market Authority. That's what it is. Yeah, the CMA in the in the UK, basically the UK version of the FTC. Um, you know, they are uh, they are the ones putting the most scrutiny onto the deal at this point. They have officially moved into the more intensive phase two of its investigation, which you know. Obviously, Microsoft has then, you know, been, you know, been really pissed about. They're like, you know, they're saying things like they've been unduly influenced by Sony's arguments and all that. And you're listening to other people's complaints. It's not fair. I want Activision. I want it now. So all that is going on. And that's like the that's the the larger context. Keep in mind for for the rest of the for, you know, basically the rest of all this stuff that's going on here. To be talked about, but uh, one thing I found interesting, it was reported that a significantly large block of ABK Activision Blizzard King shares were just recently unloaded. Uh, roughly 3.7 million shares were sold at a price of $72, $72.25 per share, netting the seller uh, almost $270 million. Uh, so that's obviously a huge sum. Um, but whoever sold these shares, you know, the report mentions that uh, it might have been Goldman Sachs, um, but that they would be uh, taking a huge loss against the proposed sale to Microsoft. So this, you know, this dump uh, uh, suggests a larger industry skepticism that the deal will go through, uh, you know, because if Goldman it does Sachs fail, basically looked at it and was like, we don't think this is going to go through. Let's just get rid of the money now before we're. Holding and, and, the bag. Well, yeah, and it's like because obviously the 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 you know there was a ridiculous premium basically in general the Microsoft deal that I think was you know it's, it's basically yeah, it's kind that of that was the fiduciary duty discussion. It was like, like, like ninety two point something was the was the share price for that. Um, but they uh, so obviously if the if the well one let's just say the larger market conditions you know we're in a fucking recession, folks. You know the the price for the shares have dropped further. You know, showing that you know that making the the deal an even greater premium. Uh, but then, obviously, if the deal goes through, that will they'll take a huge hit to their to their price. So you know they are uh, you know still probably going to be coming away better now than they would if it does if it doesn't go through. Um, you know, as our as our our market watcher Andrew, what do you take of this? I mean, I think uh, it's definitely got to be someone, I don't know, I'd be surprised if this was an individual and not some sort of larger institution that that made this move. And I mean, the stock, here's the thing, though. 
the stock's up over the year. Who knows how long they held it for, but it's up 15%. There's not really many stocks that are up, at least at this, you know, size um, through the year. I mean, the stock market itself's down over 20%, which is not good. So I, I think... I don't know um, what you're talking about. I changed the de- the definition of the metrics, and now <laughs> down 20% is fine. It's a good thing. It's, it's a, a good, good thing, thing actually. You're, you want to be down. Uh, like golf gotta make gotta make people hungry right you gotta you know hungry to grind you know how else are you gonna how else are you gonna drive growth exactly. hungry for apples i think you mean <laughs> hungry for apples. yeah so i think you know i think this is probably a combination of hedging their bets between they probably have enough skepticism around the deal being closed they probably have a negative outlook on the market going forward they yeah, like you said if it's up and they're looking exactly. at it like we can take a known profit now that 100%. is smaller than a theoretical profit in the future. I know a lot of companies will just take that known profit now and we'll just run with it because yep. well, because if we know anything, money. About, we, if we know anything about capitalism too, it's all about short-term game, right? A hundred percent. That is sorry. And if you're not if you're not positive on the long-term game, like that's a like you should pull out early. Like if you're not comfortable waiting and hoping that you'll get more money in the future just to lose money, like that's also hundred percent. And they're going to pick their winners. Like you said, cause they want to show at least some sort of better performance than the market. So uh, taking, taking and realizing these gains is, is, you know, even someone like Goldman, like 267,000, $267 million is still a big trade. Like that's, that's a significant sum of money for their earnings. Uh, especially you know if you throw Goldman on like a could make this type 20% of money? they could have made. All Goldman Sachs has to do is use pod sponsor sports book uh, <laughs> to bet the over on our, our pod favorite New York Knicks on Monday night against the Orlando magic. <laughs> By the so way, you're, not sponsored. So yeah, you're, you're having your some point. fun. Your point, Andrew, is that like that, you know, Activision stock on the whole is still is still, you know, higher year over year, which means like in general, it is still the deal is still probably, you know, more analysts still, you know, think and more traders still think it's likely to go through. Yeah. I think we are more confident that it will go through. hundred um, percent. We're, we're still confident. I mean, that I knew this was through. going through the second they bought it. Yeah. Um, so it's, I still think it's unlikely, but like, you know, this is showing a little bit of discord. Yeah. A little bit of discord. And maybe, like I said, I think, I think, sure. Maybe they think maybe they've changed their math and they're like, it's a 60% chance it's going through as opposed to like the 80% that, you know, is probably the reality. That 40% chance is an unacceptable risk. Yeah. Not, I mean, even that, and I think honestly, I think it's that they're probably more likely to be negative on their future market outlooks enough that they just want to take a win and, and recognize their gain here and, and whatever. They're struggling they're other places. Like yeah, that was another an, where I saw this article. There was another thing saying like you know it's totally possible that you know whoever this is they just needed the cash. A hundred percent. They needed 100%. the cash for some for some other deal. Yep. How funny would be if this is? And they had to do a. How funny would be if this paycheck? If this is Saudi Arabia, though. That that would be hilarious. Because we know we know that they're they've got a, a lot invested in 
in this deal. Hey, man, Saudi Arabia is building the future of cities with the line. So they're going to they're going to have to compete. They're going to have to compete with uh, with Kanye's future city. I can't decide. I can't decide which, uh, you know, which, uh, you know, content mine I want to be. I, I want to be. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, man, Ka- Kanye just accused Quentin Tarantino of stealing the Django Unchained idea from him. So, <laughs> no, he didn't. It did. That's yes, real. He, this yes. man cannot be stopped. Oh, no. <laughs> so continuing with the, all the stuff going on with the the cma probe as well it is showing that the current deal between activision and sony will keep call of duty off of game pass for at least a few years even if the deal went through uh, it is unclear if the much discussed written agreement between sony and microsoft you know the one that jim ryan uh, deemed unsatisfactory would continue this agreement as it has been reported in the press. Um, but this discussion largely re- revolves around exclusivity, not ac- access to game pass, which we all know is, is Microsoft's true priority. Um, you know, we've been talking about COD. We talked a little bit about it off, off uh, channel just because of the, some, some, some funny develop funny and, and serious quotes developments of its current campaign depicting real world war crimes. I mean that they, they've always done that, but again, we're they're basically if anybody's uh, is unaware, they're basically in the campaign early on in the campaign. You recreate the assassination of uh, Iranian General Suleimani. You know he's he's named now like Gobrani or something, but it's just so it's so blatantly <laughs> obvious. But again, yeah, a really a very recent war crime on the part of uh, the U S you know, just, you know, in simulation, we'd love to see it, but, you know, so we all know that call of duty is the big thing that the whole probe is centering around. Right. That's the, that's what everybody, all these, these regulatory agencies are focusing on is, is gaining access to this franchise anti-competitive, you know, is it, is it going to hurt the, the competitors? And so I just think this, this bit about game pass which again is the bit that microsoft is obviously trying to underplay um they are trying to and we'll get to this going on as well that they are like you know constantly kind of self-negging themselves over you know their their status in the market is to be able to build up this because matt you've made this point time and time again is you know that they're operating uh you know to basically you know purposely operate out of loss on all these things to saturate the market and solidify their market share in this in this new in this new zone you know the that the this is where microsoft has see... the type of money that they can lose money for years on a subscription to put people out of business yeah and so like that this is this is really what like yeah they'll 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 take uh they'll they'll take you know keeping uh keeping cod from going exclusive if it means going on game pass so it's like where I, I, I think I'm highly skeptical of any agreement that that uh, daddy Phil Spencer would would agree to that would keep COD off of Game Pass. Because it's like even if even if yes, like keeping it available on Sony, like on PlayStation, you know, um, it's even if it's still available there, you know, it's uh, incredibly incentivized to, you know, switch to Game Pass where essentially for ten dollars at its at its cheapest price, you know, $10 a month, you could, you know, have access to, you won't have to pay the $70 for the new COD every year, you know, 
you'll have access to to this cod all the other ones everything else that's there you know like that there's it's highly incentivized that that people from sony would migrate so i i'm i'm skeptical of, of any deal that they would sign to keep it off of game pass yeah. for any foreseeable time no i'd be shocked if they if they actually agreed to that I- um, but we we know for certain that this this deal the, the Activision deal is all about. I mean, everything Microsoft or everything yeah everything Microsoft is doing is all about Game Pass. But it's also it's it's this deal in particular is truly about mobile. It's not about like the franchise in general. It's about the 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 strength that uh, the King portion of ABK brings to their ability to you know put out mobile versions of. Because like they're 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 clear on that that mobile and you know to some extent streaming as that we will see is maybe a little bit they kind of uh, contradict themselves a little bit in the in the next story but like that you know they're fully aware that mobile is the you know highest growing highest grossing sector of and I always put it in quotations gaming you know yeah yeah gaming. I mean it's just. It's just pure market, though, in the sense of like, how many people on this planet? How many people on this planet have a smartphone versus how many people on this planet have a computer or a, a console? Like you, you have six-year-old children who have cell phones before they'll have any of those other things. Yeah, and and with dumbass parents who don't put parental controls on, so have complete access to the 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 mobile. My kid spent twelve hundred dollars on Fortnite. Why is your credit card linked <laughs> to the Fortnite account? Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's like, yes, there is some level of self responsibility, but uh, you know, we can't, you know, let these, you know, corporations off the hook. These these things are no, still but highly the, predatory. When you play Fortnite Mobile, it's linked through the App Store, which is where the credit card is hooked up yeah, to, yeah, yeah. and like that's just a. At least I know I'm like play. Uh, and but here's Android, the here's like, the thing. It's like just Apple. It's just like that shit's built in in order to have like full functionality of your iPhone. It has your credit card information. You know, super cool. And like, it's like and it's like you have to you know you have to be actively going in to making sure that there are restrictions in place. You know, to make sure that you are, uh, you know, that there isn't just free. You know, say free access. You have to make sure you're going through parental controls. They make it as difficult as possible to get as much money. It's clear. It's you know, it's obvious. They're they're. Well, that's like um, on my phone. If I'm making any sort of payment through the app store or anything like that, I have to both verify my password first because I said it this way, and then thumb scan on the the fingerprint scanner. Good old two factor. And like that, that is just a, a great way to prevent any sort of accidental tomfoolery. I just but do face so ID. Then they're going to make a deep fake of your yeah, face. Apple, yeah, yeah, Apple's doing the deep fake, so they're going to get you that way. Can't, can't win. Um, but yeah, I can't wait Microsoft, to be in court one day and you'll be like, I don't remember saying that at all. And then they play the footage <laughs> of your deep fake saying it with AI voice generation. It, it will like, happen. I didn't say that. It wasn't me. It was the wrong man. Uh, but yeah, Microsoft is they're very quietly building a mobile Xbox store that will rely on Activision and King Games. Their statement uh, reads: the transaction will, the transaction being the deal, will improve Microsoft's ability to create a next-generation game store which operates across a range of devices, including mobile, 
as a result of the addition of Activision's Activision Blizzard's content. Building on Activision Blizzard's existing communities of gamers, Xbox will seek to scale the Xbox Store to mobile. Extra- uh, I thought it said extracting, which is like, oh no, they said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's attracting gamers, sorry, to a new Xbox mobile platform. Shifting consumers away from the Google Play Store and and uh, I think it's supposed to be the Apple App Store. On my my question to the party is: Does Candy Crush count as passive income for Microsoft if this deal goes through? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how how much updating do you have to do to Candy Crush every year to make people pay for it? A lot. Uh, you know, wine moms love Candy Crush. Uh, so the, on, like, the I've heard continues. people in public have the like, oh yeah, like go by it. It's like, wow, he's candy crushing with speakerphone on. <laughs> I mean, like that's par for the course. As like, I think at least eighty percent of Candy Crush players are boomers at this point. Majority of at least U.S. mobile gamers are, you know, Gen X and and above. Yeah. Um, I'm just jealous that they didn't get to uh, grow up in the beautiful generation where we had consoles and PCs at access at will. Let me just let me just finish off this statement really quick. It's just another sentence. So they're you know trying to move them away from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store on mobile devices. This will, however, require a major shift in consumer behavior. Microsoft hopes that by offering well-known and popular content, gamers will be more inclined to try something new. Um, and so this is just like, I think you guys talked about it last, last week, you know, Apple, Epic and Google and all those shenanigans. Um, but we know that like Google's this, paying people not to have app stores, man. It's like, we know, we know from, you know, everything that Apple does that, you know, creating their own store would, would effectively eliminate their ability to sell on Apple devices. Right? Yeah. I was going, I was Apple's going to bring up the fact that if happen. they think they're going to sell on Apple without going through the Apple store. Like they're going to, uh, especially being Microsoft, you know, not exactly friendly with, you know, Tim Apple over there. <laughs> Tim, Tim Apple. <laughs> yeah. Say what you, say what you will about our, about our, our our boy Donnie T. He just he knows how to give a nickname that just sticks. Uh, but yeah, so like I I don't. This is obviously you know like they're you know. Unless they're yeah, unless they have some better integration yeah on Android that will uh you know be able to effectively compete with Google Store you know they're they're gonna forego I mean, the the bit Google of Google has for played Apple. very nicely with Microsoft on most of their apps on Android, um like letting full functional Office apps be there alongside like the Google Docs and Google Sheets which is something that they didn't used to do. Like they were very much so much. We've seen so much litigation going on right between these tech giants that, um, you know, the, and we've talked about this in the past with it's arranging issues. Like we talked about this with like meta and, and the meta store and the meta quest store and all that stuff. It's like these storefronts are how they fucking make their money. You know, it's all about, they take that 30%, uh, you know, taste off the top. You know, digital landlords. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That is the perfect way to think about it. It is truly the passive income. They're not developing these games. They're not, uh, you know, putting the resources in. They're just taking the, you know, a huge chunk off the top for nothing. For hosting. Hey, man, they're providing that access. When people, (laughs) when people. Real generous of them. Yeah. When companies are like, yeah, but like. We, we'll do it without you then. They're like, okay. 
like go, go make a new OS and host it yourself. And the only ones who've like stuck around were Amazon who used Android basically paid for the right to use the Android kernel more or less. And uh, Roku, which is also its own kind of like Android based operating system. Like not many of the additional um, OSs have stuck around for more than one or two generations. Yeah, because the adoption rate is, you know, people are going to just stick with what they know, right? When what they know works. Um, so I, I already, we're, we're getting towards the very end here. So let's just kind of power through this. Um, I already mentioned, yeah, the, the Microsoft is, uh, you know, taking is adopting this strategy of, you know, self-negging. Uh, you we know, don't know how to make games. Yeah, their <laughs> attempt to counter all the concerns of the CMA is like they're just basically like, yeah, we're little piss and shit babies who can't make games, and that our tech sucks ass. Nobody likes us. Um, so they they're continuing this now with uh, with their cloud tech. There is a recent reveal again. This is all from filings with the CMA stuff. They say today cl- this is all about cloud gaming. They call it immature. Today, cloud gaming remains in its infancy and unproven <laughs> as a consumer proposition. Um, they added that it didn't expect the situation to improve in the next few years, and the company doesn't foresee cloud gaming will replace consoles or PC and called it a new and immature technology. They followed this up um, that it's in their benefit to encourage competition in the field in order to overcome the hurdle of consumer adoption, you know, to say, which at this point hasn't happened. You know, it's like they're like, you know, why would we limit our you know, it's like we need more more people to be doing this and investing in this to get people to, you know see that this is the future you know the future is now old man you know you have it's basically you have no other options we're all going streaming you've got to pick one and then they'll fight they'll fight for it then they'll fight over the you know who comes out on top later um but it's just yeah the strategy behind them is it's very funny it's just like you know you can't say we're a monopoly you can't say we're anti-competitive we don't know what we're doing (laughs) we suck at this help me please we only own the operating system of like eighty percent of gaming PCs in the wild. And, <laughs> there's, uh, and there's like, yeah, cloud gaming, and, cloud and gaming tech is immature. Yet we hold the entire infrastructure for all cloud resources. We, Who's we the number one, one three... cloud provider? Who's number two in cloud services? Uh, us <laughs> or three? Say, we, them, we are Google of, and Amazon. We are one I think of their number of the one. major players in cloud computing. One. Yeah, yeah. Just like putting their fingers together, just doing the who me? Yeah, the oof, yeah for me. Uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's it's funny. It is very it is very silly, and I I'm pretty you know. At this know, point, I'm half expecting Phil Spencer to go into one of these hearings with like like sad clown makeup on. <laughs> for as anglophobic as we are here, uh, you know, I, it's kind of nice to see that you know that the you know the cma actually doing something and i think doing more than the ft for as you know as much as people love to say that oh like lena khan or whatever the new head of the ftc is like you know she's like you know bullish on antitrust stuff and it's like we've seen fucking nothing ftc is three corporations in a trench coat as mike has said yeah it's it's yeah it's bullshit so like to see them to see the uk do something is surprising you know to hey man the uk is the much. one who's like pushing things forward they're the one who was like hey apple you need USB-C by 2024 do it yeah with their fingers together and just chop the port off 
Yeah, you just have to get our own proprietary uh, uh, wireless charger. Yes, wireless it's a wireless charger. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll show you a case that converts the wireless charging to wired charging, and it's still lightning. <laughs> uh, all right, so should we e- end today on some actual good news here? Definitely. I think we need it after today. Um, Blizzard Albany, formerly Vicarious Visions, has won their right to hold a union vote with their uh, current proposed voting block of QA testers, uh, officially beating back Activision's attempts to dilute support by demanding that every single person at the studio involved with the Diablo franchise to be a part of the vote. You know, this is a a common strategy. You know, the Diablo part is interesting, is, you know, unique, but like basically it's a common union busting tactic. Actually, it's for everybody. They make the people who develop Diablo vote for some reason. Weird weird rite of passage. So, you know, they're they're just going to have the ballot box be next to like a man in a pickup truck with a rifle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're following the, they're following the, the normal playbook here. You know, they, you know, they they'll never learn because you know it's not in their uh, not that they're not learning. It's just that they know it's directly hostile to their. It's interests. a lot easier to feign ignorance than it is to. So I mean, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep folks updated. Solidarity with Blizzard Albany and all their organizers and workers. Um, they, you know. The fact that they're, you know, that they've won this this ability to vote as is, you know, I think their odds are very good. They seem well organized. They've, you know, from the bits that they have made public, you know, their proposed bargaining unit, you know, is very much in line with each other. There's strong solidarity. They've got a, you know, greater than a super majority already. So, you know, things could change. Again, intimidation tactics are real and have proven to be effective you know just look at various amazon unions and all this uh all those efforts so again solidarity with them stay strong we support you we love you uh but that'll do it for us a little bit of brightness on the horizon hopefully things continue that way anything else before uh before plugs i think that's not. not all right mine. All right, so follow us. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at CampcomPod. Check out the live streams at Twitch or say twitch.tv slash campaign comrades. It has always been that address. You will always find us there. <laughs> uh, come uh, already yeah. gone through and scrubbed all the old uh, audio files. Uh, say, I, I've, I've put it in, the, I've gone back and scrubbed through the episode descriptions and changed the and change the titles uh or change the address so yeah go ahead and find us there we'd love to hear from you we'd love to engage with you in real time um, if you agree with us mike's not here <laughs> so he can't he can't plug his his uh his tcg tcg player, player slash cut the mic no don't, like, no 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 shush shush shush, shush. he's got to be here in order to get the plug you know? <laughs> so uh yeah he doesn't get the doesn't get the the yeah the reward of the plug if he's not here so. Nico, put the redacted bar. Bleep yeah, Matt <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah ble- please bleep Matt out where, where he says that. Uh, all right. Uh, until next time, we will see you later. Bye. Bye-bye.